A toy factory worker, mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a yuletide killing spree. This time, Santa's not really bringing us presents. We watched A Christmas Evil. It's just a creepy movie. It definitely creeps you out, for sure. Somebody has to be perfect, so it might as well be Talk about deja vu. You live to tell the tale. You gotta find one of werewolf. It's the Slashers and Screamers podcast. Alright, what's up everybody? Casey, Rick. Billy. Hello. Hello. Man, has it been a rough couple of days here in uh, Tennessee and throughout the Midwest, or what? Some bad yeah. things happening, guys. Yeah. yeah so, um, as you heard, the weather was scary. Yeah. Prior to uh, prior to kickoff here, of course, you heard the the Red Cross announcement that uh, Casey is just hearing about. But yeah, we uh, put a little information out there for the American Red Cross, people hopefully to donate to the victims. Um, man, like 50 victims across five states, if not more, uh, bad times. I, I slept all the way through it and apparently through your text messages asking about well-being. Yeah, I sent the group a message at 4.16 a.m. Billy responds at like 2 p.m. the next day. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, and yeah, um, not to make light of it, but gosh, um, I, w- what's worse about that is I didn't just respond to it late. I saw he, it he around the time. He read it. Yeah, around the time that you sent it, I read it and did not have the wherewithal through my sleepiness to respond. I probably did it the same way as I do my alarm clock. I look at it and I say, I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute and then I'll respond. And then, you know, 5,000 minutes later, here we are. That's me, an alarm clock. Same level of annoying. Rick, how do you, what's your alarm clock situation? Um, it goes off, and then I snooze it for five minutes, and it goes off again, I snooze it for five more, goes off again, snooze it for five more, and then I'm like, oh, I should have gotten up 25 minutes ago, whoops, and then I get up, and then I'm 20 minutes too late every day, no lie. So you should have been up 10 minutes before your alarm went off. Yeah. Or like Cause I, count, I, I counted those uh, those snoozes, and there were three of them, <laughs> and if they were five minutes, that's 15 minutes. 25 minutes that- prior... You were ten minutes early. Sometimes there's sometimes there's five. It just depends on what mood I'm in. But but shout out to my job. They're the real MVP because I can make up my time if I'm late. So there you go. Well, it sounds like I, you're just taking that for granted. He does. <laughs> I set eleven alarms every day, and I snooze what? them on repeated cycle until eight when I get out of bed and log in. But yeah, you've always you struck me as someone with an out of whack cycle. So. Well, hang on, really? Rick. That huh? I heard you. Huh. Rick, that's not always been the case. Uh, it's the case for you all too now. Once upon a time, we all drove to the same place. True. Okay. Thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, we drove to the same place. So, on our wagon and I did the stone same shit wheels. Then, but yeah. I was also about 20 minutes late every day, so can't say much. Never said much to Rick about it because we sat next to each other. I was late all the time. Can't do <laughs> 
But if you were only 19 minutes late and he was 20 minutes late, he had no idea oh, you hadn't been there the whole time. I definitely talk shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> late again, you bastard. Yeah. So back to the original point. If you have the capability, definitely consider donating to the American Red Cross. Um, as you heard in the episode intro, the link will be in the bio to this episode as well. Um, yeah, so definitely hoping the best for victims stateswide. But I guess we should kind of lighten the mood a little bit here and uh, talk about what's going on this week in horror. Yeah, we've got some cool shit that happened this week. And some sad shit. We'll touch on that last, though. Yeah. So, I don't know if you guys... We've never really discussed, like, Universal Monsters, like, the original, like, OG horror stuff. Like, uh, for example, this past week was the 80th anniversary of the movie The Wolfman. Ooh. See, yeah, that that is monster horror royalty. Mount Rushmore, if you will. Yeah. What, do you guys have a favorite of, like, the old Universal Monsters? Hmm. You know, I was always okay, partial so... to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, I was going to ask, like, who are we considering the OGs? Like, for me, the OGs are, you know, the the, the Frankenstein monster, uh, the mummy, the wolfman. Dracula. Dracula. Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein, all that shit. Um, okay, Creature from the Black Lagoon, like you said. Uh, um, I don't know what we consider the original blob. Mm. It's a thing, I don't but think it's that not I a monster. That one. Yeah, and I don't think it would get any votes anyway. But I guess Dracula would have been my my numero uno. Like the Bella Lugosi. I'm I'm you know I'm more partial to Max Shrek from uh, Nosferatu, uh, Ooh, only because fun. it scared me the most. But the most iconic would have to be Bella Lugosi. I mean, he's like when you dress up as Dracula for Halloween, you don't dress up as uh who, who was um <laughs> who played Dracula in uh, in Stoker's from like the nineties. Oh film. my god. <laughs> <laughs> you don't dress up as that guy. You dress up as some version of Bella Lugosi, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you give yourself the widow's peak and the, the high collar and the, the black... But if uh, I saw he, someone doing the Gary Oldman Dracula with the Gary head Oldman. thing, <laughs> hair, question mark? Well, my high school librarian had hair like that already, so um, yeah, she was just a little bit of pasty makeup away from it. At all times. Well, and that's even like the vampire that Willem Dafoe plays in, uh, oh, what's that movie? Um, you know what I'm talking, is it just called, no, it's not, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Which him and, uh, John Malkovich is about making Nosferatu. Um, I, I feel like he I plays know Max what you're Shrek, talking about. But he, he looks kind of funky, but I don't know. It's like late 90s, early 2000s, probably. It's a really cool looking movie. Well, I can remember, um, when you go back in the day, when I'm talking about like single digit, early double digit ages, we would go to a place called Captain Video, which was kind of your more local blockbuster type. Like Blockbuster had the big chain. Captain Video was more of a, I mean, there were other Captain Videos, but there were not as plentiful. And Hendersonville, um, the one had tanning and also a post office in it. Oh, most certainly. I don't think we had a post office, but tanning was definitely... Uh, the cash cow there. Um, but when you go to Captain Video, you have certain color, like the movie case. The color of each movie case kind of indicated what type of movie you were getting. And those old, uh, the old monster flicks were brown. They were brown color. And I remember any time 
my stepdad would stop by and rent one for me. Um, I would remember getting it in that brown case. And I watched a lot of those. So, I mean, it's it's not something that's, I guess, a passive opinion. But Dracula was definitely number one in my book. Rick, I don't who's think, your fave? He said he'd be back. He's probably not back yet. Loser ass. Yeah. But, well, I will move on. Well, we don't have to move on. Um, We can sit in silence till he gets back. <laughs> that sounds comfortable. It does sound comfortable. If you hear me snore, just uh, carry on without me. Oh, well, I'll run this shit by myself. Just throwing your thoughts out into the world like Jack Handy. I will. Oh, hey there. Oh, well, speak of the devil and he shall appear. Rick, who's your favorite universal monster? Uh, probably could go with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Same, same. Yeah. Y'all are both lying. You're lying. But there's so many, like the mummy, the invisible man. Ooh, the invisible man, yes. Yeah. Um, it's also the anniversary of Scream 2, one of my favorite sequels. Okay, and I so love my sequel. question, my question is, <clears throat> is it really noteworthy when a sequel comes out, though? Whoa. Two of my, my two favorite movies of all time are sequels. Two of Name them. Uh, pl- please elaborate uh aliens okay and empire strikes back okay but also yeah. so many sequels are really good the, uh, well some yeah movies i mean don't need a sequel well yeah some people don't or some movies don't need a sequel and some you know outshine the original totally fair screen 2 is totally great like case in point a lot of people shit on this movie and hate it but i don't care because opinions are like assholes the dead silence Oh, it's an awesome movie, yet people shit on it, and they made a second one, and the second one's garbage. But the first one is freaking awesome. I love the, Dead Silence. Is Dead Silence the ventriloquist doll one? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. hate that movie, and also do not want to watch a sequel of it. Well, that's how I feel about some other series you mentioned. So I think Oh, God, I forgot you hate Scream. Yep, can't stand it. Ugh. Can't Lord. stand the whole series. You sound like you're taking a lot of joy in saying that, Rick. He is. I, I dude, I when Wait, we get to it, we'll get to it. I'm not gonna tell my opinion now. Rick, I'm gonna shit on everything you love when we get to that. I mean you just shit on Dead Silence. No, it's all good. Yeah, no worries. Like I said, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. And I am one. Unless you don't have an asshole, which I'm sure there are people that don't. That's unfortunately true. <laughs> um it's also we had Joe Beth Williams, uh or William Williams? Shit, what is her last name? I'm pretty sure it's Williams. Okay, that's what I thought, but then I was like, what if it's William? Um, anyway, Jeveth Williams of Poltergeist fame's birthday. Poltergeist She's still was alive. one of my first horror movies. Who who does she play in Poltergeist? That sounds really familiar. I just can't think. She's the mom. The, the mom. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, as far as I know, she's alive. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, happy birthday. And then How Christine? old did you say she was? Hang on, sorry. I didn't. I didn't, but she is 73. Well, I'll be damned. Christine. Christine. Anniversary, what anniversary are we on there? Mm, didn't pay that much attention. Happy to look. Well, you know, we've done now, what, two, three car films? Two, probably. In a duel, and I guess you could probably consider Death Proof. I would, I would definitely consider Death Proof a car film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1983 to this year, 38. Dude, Christine, I fucking love Christine. I need to rewatch Christine. It's been a long time. Such a we good should movie. probably look at Christine here. That would be a good one. Yeah, it's, I mean, the music, acting. Don Carpenter. Yeah. And then a sad note in horror history, Anne Rice died today. And I loved 
Anne Rice growing up. Okay, I I know who she is. I know she wrote an interview with the vampire. What else did she write? I legit don't know. She wrote like one million billion things. <laughs> like her Well, I mean like popular stuff besides interview with the vampire, I guess is what I mean. Like Um well she wrote uh Queen of the Dam too. Uh okay. the Aaliyah movie, which yeah. The Aaliyah movie is super iconic visually. The book is way scarier. Interview with a Vampire and that are way scarier. But um, she actually wrote some books about religion as well, which are really interesting. Um, But she wrote a lot of cool vampire books. And she also, like, in the vampire stories that she told, kind of put, like, queer relationships in her writing, which for the time in which she was writing was really cool. And it wasn't happening. No, not really. Well, speaking of authors, I've made it now, I wouldn't call it a definite goal to get them all, because it would be very difficult unless I just cheated and went the Amazon route. Um, But, you know, with February upcoming, and I do believe Death on the Nile is supposed to be dropping, unless I've been misinformed, the film based on the Agatha Christie novel. February after 11th. February 11th. So I guess it's still a thing. Um, Kenneth Branagh is still going to be kicking ass as Hercule Poirot. And after watching Murder on the Orient Express, so the, the, the newer one, the, the older one was great too, but the newer one, um, that's probably the film that I am most excited for. So my goal, again, not a definite hard goal to get them all, but I really want to start collecting the books and actually reading them and not just looking at the pictures. And since these don't have pictures, there's not a lot that I've been doing with them. I'm just flipping. Just flipping and like, you know, cover to cover. But I feel like the, she's probably the golden standard when it comes to a mystery novel. Oh, yeah. So do and you I think have I, either of the book, Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile? Neither of those. I hit Wait, up my sisters. Wait, are you Agatha Christie? Yeah, Agatha Christie. <clears throat> have you all read uh, then, there were no, then There Were None? That's one of my favorite books. I have that. I, it's it's freaking awesome. I saw that Rick, as a play what's one What's your address? Too, and it made a really good play. Oh. Uh, 900 no, don't do that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I group texted my sisters and I thought because these old gals are some readers. Um, One's a teacher. One's just been a bookworm forever. I thought surely one of them has like a collection. here. My older, my older sister is a Stephen King fan and she had them all at one point and she may still, I don't know. But she has a total of zero Agatha Christie novels. And that's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> well, I'll be damned if my younger sister, who's not younger than me, but like the youngest of my sisters, shoots me a screen, or not a screenshot, but a photo of, I think it's called The Man in the Brown Suit. Does yeah. that sound right? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know, don't know <clears throat> that one. Well, okay, not so damn I mean, I studious, you. are you? Well, I don't believe me. And that's why I'm looking. But it just had to be her. It just had to be her. Oh, and side note, and then there were none is loosely based on an amazing horror film that I hope we get to review called April Fool's Day, the original. So Which way does say, that go? What do you mean? Which one is based on what? Because uh, so April Fool's Day is based on There we go. Okay. Yeah. You said it the other way the first time. Sorry. I was like, I don't yeah. know that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's such a good film, man. It's one of my favorites. It's it's awesome. Anyway, um, yeah, Billy. So yeah, it's definitely the man in like, the brown suit. 
Okay. Are you looking for like fancy copies of these books? Or no, just copies I'm lo- of these books. It, it can be it can be written on a bathroom stall wall. Of- She's the best-selling author, y'all. Did you know that? I don't think I did know that. Yeah, it says what her website says. Um, but Billy, I go to use bookstores a fair amount, and I will keep an eye out if I see those books. You are the MVP. I am, aren't I? You are. Um. Well, okay. So this is what. I've been reading over the last two days. I don't know if you can see that. I know the listeners can't, but this is a copy of the Sol Uric book, The Warriors. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until a couple days ago, and I've not gotten very far at all. Um, I have to get out of the habit of trying to draw parallels from the movie to the book. <laughs> I do because, that a lot. I'm guilty well, of that. Well, we've got members of this gang and I try to kind of piece it together by their behavior. Oh, this must be Rembrandt. Oh, this must be Ajax. Can't do that because that's not what their names are. Um, but I do believe that Lunkhead has to be Ajax. It has to be. He's just too defensive. I've never read the book. I need to, though. I love the movie. Yeah. Just never got around to it. Yeah, the movie's fantastic. Um, I didn't know there was a book line, for a long time, though. Oh, yeah. Um, the only reason I knew was because when I bought the, the director's cut, on the re-release, it was around the time the PlayStation 2 video game came out. They re-released the movie. Oh man, PS2. <laughs> I bought this copy of The Warriors, and in between scenes, basically it would hit like a still frame, and it would kind of do this dissolve into a comic book type of look, like or maybe a graphic novel type look. It would like go to the next page, and then it would undissolve from being comic book to being you know the the live action i thought those transitions were really nice but at the beginning of this film was a director commentary from walter hill and he's the one that mentioned having found a book with no cover in a used bookstore he picked it up and read it and loved it so he made the movie Hmm. yeah really interesting but um speaking of uh speaking of another book since we're talking about books a horror book you guys should check out, which I'm reading right now. They're not talking about Goosebumps bullshit. Hell no. It's called A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul That's Trimble. on my list. Yes, that's on my list. I keep and looking for it. so good so far. Holy shit. Is it shit. scary? Yes. Good. Okay, yeah. That's on my list. I'm so excited to read that book. The thing is, like, if I buy a book, I, I am trying personally in my life to not support Amazon where I don't have to. So I usually get them on eBay or I'll go to a used bookstore or whatever, but I keep like searching the used bookstore. I have a list of books that I look for and I haven't come across that one yet. And I um, could buckle I, down and get it on eBay. I just haven't. Yeah. I went to Amazon. Casey, I was going to tell you, you can go to, um, shout out to Rob Jones. He told me that you can go to thriftbooks.com and they have, you can buy used books off there too. Oh, nice. I'll keep that yeah. in mind too. Thriftbooks. Yeah. Dot com. Cool. You talking about the same Rob Jones that does the intro music to the Nasty Nine podcast? True story. Yes, sir. That's my guy right there. Real talk. Love Rob. So tell me, uh, while we're waiting for James to uh, get his head out of his ass and get on this podcast, he should be around in the uh, in segment number two when we cover the movie Christmas Evil. But tell me, guys, what are your favorite Christmas songs? Uh, songs. Songs. I mean, for, okay, I'm going to redirect this question. I'd mm. like for you to take five seconds and think about who I am and tell me what my favorite Christmas song is. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas <laughs> is You. 
that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) And Rick's favorite is George Michael's Last Christmas. No. No, man. He sounds I don't, man, I don't, I don't really have one. I I like, um, uh, So This Is Christmas, the Paul McCartney's one version. Okay. Is that him? Is that, does he sing that? Am I making that up? I don't know. You might be making it up. I I don't even know that song. So This Is Christmas and What Have You Done? Isn't that that John Lennon? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about here. The, whatever. One of the Beatles sings it. As well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say you're correct by proximity. Yeah, um, close enough. It's John Lennon. And, and then I like the, um, well, it's not really a Christmas song per se, but the Do They Know It's Christmas Time. That sounds like a Christmas song to me. The one from the 80s yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, we call that a Christmas song, but I, mean, I feel like I need to explain. Okay. I don't hate Christmas music. I don't. Um, I've just worked in situations where we had Christmas, mu- or we had music playing over the FM, you know, airwaves. And in December, December 1st rolls around, some radio stations just go to extremes and they want to play Christmas music all the way from, you know, the 1st to the 25th, maybe even the 26th. And some little too Christmassy person strong arms the team and has that music playing for the whole month. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it, it, it's the worst. When okay, I worked because... retail, it started the day after Thanksgiving and went until New Year's Eve. Yeah. That is miserable. Yeah, it's horrible. Because yeah, and... It just drags it I, out of you, man. I also don't hate Christmas music. I have a playlist of, like, very specific Christmas songs that I can get down with, um, but... Uh, very specific. Yeah. And even, like, the classics. I, I don't like a lot of the newer ones. But, I mean, just yesterday, and I do promise this was yesterday, not setting up a bit or anything, but just yesterday I was digging on the radio, and I heard what I thought was a brand new Camp song. I, I'd never heard it. Um, Like, I was only, like, really half listening, but I knew it was Camp. You you just don't, like, not know Camp's voice. Uh, but when it gets to the chorus, I figure out he's singing that song about, you know, Santa banging mom. Like, I don't know the name. What is it? Um, what? what's the one what's the one where you're saying is banging mom i don't remember the name of it. um oh uh baby I, it's cold outside no no santa baby no oh. so, something about mom um, kissing santa claus i saw mom i saw mommy kiss, mom mommy uh kissing santa claus right okay that one yeah i think yeah. so i think so is it mommy mama one i saw those. mom that one is okay. not on my playlist yeah well john mellencamp or otherwise you need, okay, forget the otherwise. You need to put, you need to put Mellencamp on your list. This is an actual good version. I'll look into it. John I mean, Mellencamp, he's... dude, he has the best lyric of all time. Suck it down a chili dog behind the tasty freeze. <laughs> and that makes me think that he's never actually <laughs> eaten a chili dog. <laughs> right? <laughs> I fucking love that song, dude. Love that song. Which one, Jack and Diane or yeah, this Jack cover? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rick's favorite song is "Somehow Kissing Santa Claus" by John Mellencamp. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I really do like that song. There's just like so much Christmas music I do like, and when a much larger batch of it that I detest. Like it's, okay, it's usually then, the religious stuff, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not moaning least, about religion. What's your least favorite Christmas songs? I'll go first. Mine's probably "Baby It's Cold Outside." I can't stand that song. My least favorite. Um, I will say I'm the religious music is hit or miss for me for Christmas, but I do enjoy Oh Holy Night. I think it is a very pretty song. Okay. Oh my god. Oh man. He's I thought here. you weren't gonna I thought you weren't gonna come into segment two. 
Have you talked about that dumpster fire of a movie yet? It was not a dumpster fire. <laughs> not I've got yet, James. I can barely hear you. Yeah, turn what? down the volume. Turn down the volume on that mic, James, and then we can Yeah, that really nice mic you've got. We, we can talk turkey. You've been bragging about that mic for, for days, and now all of a sudden... <laughs> Was it not working? Well, I think you're just yelling into it. I'm hearing buzzing, buzzing noises. Oh, is it James, too loud? Like, yeah, well, I, I think <laughs> you aren't too loud. I think what happens is you get too loud and holler into that mic, and the mic just shuts off because it can't take it anymore. Oh, What's well, all right, James, because, hey, we're at the end of segment one. What we're going to do right now is uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got Rick's Rundown and Christmas Evil. Spoiler alert. The films we review on the Slashers and Screamers podcast are guaranteed to be spoiled in full if you listen beyond this point. If you've not seen the film we're reviewing this week, I urge you to find it and watch it to your heart's content before joining us. But if you don't care and just want to listen to fun conversations, then by all means, stick around for Slashers and Screamers. All right, so this week we did the movie Christmas Evil. It came out on November 7th, 19, 1980. It is a psychological thriller horror film, also known as when I watched it, it was called You Better Watch Out, also known as Terror in Toyland. It was directed by Lewis Jackson. Some of the main people in it, only really two or three of them people would know, uh, Brandon Maggart, who plays Harry Stalding, he's just a playwright, he's a painter, he's an author. Jerry Duman plays Philip Stalding. He's known as movies that he was in, which are uh, Captain es- Estridge in The Hitcher, Sheriff Herb Geller in The Blob 1988 remake. He's known as Harry Terwilliger in The Green Mile, Dale Horvath in The Walking Dead. Diane Hall was Jackie Stalding. She's known as she was in uh, Bobby and Rose, The Arrangement, uh, The Fifth Floor, and uh, yeah, this movie had a budget of nine hundred or sorry eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's originally ninety two minutes, one hundred one hundred minutes uncut, and um, yeah, this was really interesting. Um, definitely can't wait to hear everyone's take on it. So you better take care. Santa's coming to town. Good job on that rundown, Rick. Hold on. <laughs> Before before we go further, I just wanted to point out one person that I noticed that maybe some of our listeners noticed too. Um, not a big character, but uh, <laughs> Wikipedia calls him Christmas Party Accoster. He's one of the guys that's talking to our main character at the party is Mark Margulies, who played Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad and was also uh, Napa in Oz. Uh, probably more known for Breaking Bad. I think that's more of a widespread well, hit. Yeah, he's a, a a huge character in in Breaking Bad, and I do not know how my eyeballs did not function well enough to catch him in this film. I feel like he's got he, a familiar enough face for that I should have caught that. If you go back and look, I think you'll definitely see. Okay, now that I know that I'm looking for him, I caught you know Dale from The Walking Dead. See, but, uh, I don't watch The Walking Dead, so I didn't catch that one. Well, neither does Rick. We'll talk about either. that later, rat <laughs> bastard. Well, let's get into this damn thing. We've got Christmas Evil, and you know, like uh, like every great Christmas flick, we've got our narrator with a you know the comforting voice giving us a little "Twas the Night Before Christmas," and far more effort in staging a Santa breaking breaking and entering than my parents ever put on. I mean, this was a lovely display. 
you know, with uh, the dad coming down the chimney. The the kids are there on the, the staircase watching in amazement. Did your parents do anything like this? No, never. Oh, I, I think, okay. I think, yeah, I think my parents were probably, um, I don't want to put anybody out there, but th- th- when you've got a low income job, the last thing you want to do is give credit to some old white man for uh, buying the things that you worked, you know, yeah, all no. year to afford, you know? We are believers of Santa on this podcast, I believe, keeping the spirits alive, as we see in this movie. So my stepdad probably was stealing <laughs> credit from Santa, is what I'm trying to go. get out there, okay? Um, stealing credit from this old white man. <laughs> <laughs> who somehow never gets in trouble for breaking and entering because it's magic it is magic so again let me go ahead and formula uh, formulae formulae what is it nuclear nuclear um formally introduced the godfather of droll james back into the fold you heard him before he wasn't with us for most of the first segment he was out there making christmas cookies which is slang for doing the hibbity dibbity i'm back after feeding the little kids in africa yes and America. And America. You know there's snow in Africa, Bill. You know, um, well, you would know because, I mean, I don't have any any friends who've taken any trips lately to Africa. Um, you know a few. So I'll take your word for it. I only know one, Bill, and they was baking Christmas cookies to you. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Well, um, I mean, you missed some good some good stuff in the in the first segment i I guess we should ask you like what's your favorite christmas song jingle bells i mean the classic i was gonna say no bells or whistles on that one but it's literally called jingle bell so all right i already said that you know my family didn't have any kind of dress up what about y'all did y'all have parents that loved you enough to go out and purchase santa claus costumes and pretend to be the guy bill no no yeah yeah a Christmas past. Well, you know, Bill, I lived in Westmoreland, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware. We always had a big Christmas at my grandma's house. We get it. You're rich. Keep like, going. <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably from the age of a wee lad to 13 or 14, old Willie Leddick would dress up as Santa Claus and go around house to house and visit every house on Christmas Eve. I guess the people he knew Hang dressed on. up as Santa who did you say? Willie Liddick. Willie Liddick. Okay, now that name sounds familiar, and I'm going to use the the power of deduction here. Is this the old man with the flat top who always came up and watched us play baseball? Yeah, he had a flat top. He had like a gray <laughs> flat top. Yeah. He was Matt and Joey's granddad. Yeah, he'd always oh, shake your hand. God, man, that guy had such a comforting face. Well, Christmas Eve, he'd what, dress up, yeah. and he would go house to house. And he would, uh, I guess, you know, just hang out with everybody while they were doing Christmas. Because most people did Christmas on Christmas Eve back then, you know. Uh-huh. Why? That's true. Yeah, why? So, I, th- I think the family get-togethers were on Christmas Eve. Like, fam- like yeah. the cr- Christmas Day was more for, like, mom, dad, and kid. So he would come by on Christmas. Oh, so these just would be, like, expansive family, like, outside of just your house? <clears throat> yeah, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatnot. Gift oh, okay. exchanges, whatever. Oh, ours are always on Christmas Day, but I guess my family's different. Yeah, they are always different. Santa Claus, Bill. 
Hey James, how's Bragging Camp going over there? <laughs> I love Bragging Camp. Just Every because I week. had a Sandy. <laughs> Just because you had a Sandy. Well, well, well. In this cold open, the you know the kids are on to dad, or at least you know one of them is. Um, they're kind of discussing the possibility that the intruder was no stranger at all. Okay, so you know curiosity killed the cat. But it died knowing, you know, one of the kids goes downstairs and this will be Harry, by the way, he's who uh, we'll know later. And he catches, well, he observes Santa getting a serving of uh, mom's holiday dessert, you know. He's about to bake some of them cookies, Bill. Baking some of those cookies in. And he does what any self-respecting kid would do. Okay, he runs away before Santa has what the kid had, you know, or what had the kid, rather. Uh, You follow what I'm saying there? I'm already annoyed because this kid runs You're up the stairs. I'm, I'll tell you why I'm annoyed because the kid runs up the stairs like he's Bo Jackson training for Tecmo Bowl. Like he smashes this snow globe on the floor, which is yeah. upstairs from where Santa and mom are having that holly jolly Christmas. And you know how heavy duty a snow globe is. Like you and can then stop him. Decides to randomly cut himself with the glass. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. Like, and do you like pain? Like. But well, have Christmas you never broken is, a snow globe? You can't no. stop it. You, you can't do that. You can't break. They're impossible to break. You can stop a Buick with one of those things. Like some you small towns like Westmoreland. I don't know that that's true. Like some small towns like Westmoreland that James was talking about. Like, you know, they got those budget problems, you know, so they, uh, you know, they got problems with cars speeding. They don't have the budget to put down, you know, speed bumps. So at Christmas time, they'll line up a bunch of snow globes in the road to slow down traffic. That's how solid they are. Billy Graves, you are a liar from hell. Well, I've broken a snow globe. Well, my parents. Go ahead, Rick. What'd you say? Go ahead, Rick. I was going to say, I've never, never broken a snow globe. What universe are you living in? The universe where I broke a snow globe. I wanted to see what was inside. But you can literally see what's inside. Well, I wanted to see what the liquid was, like if it was sticky or anything. (laughs) Was it? I need to know. No, it's water. (laughs) Just plain old faucet water. What did you think it was, Rick? I thought it was like spit. Yeah. It's like something magical. Okay. Well, it's magic water. I mean, it's water. glitter water. Because I, I just wanted, I had to know. But I was younger. I was like um, nine, maybe. Well, these parents should have had their supersonic sex ears on. Um, yeah. They don't hear, yeah, they don't hear Bo Jackson footsteps or the 30-pound snow globe hitting the floor above them. Uh, but like Rick said, you know, the kid breaks it and cuts himself. So what do we make of this opening? When they were, like, when he was watching them on the stairs, I was like, it made me think of another movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night, kind of similarities, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you were probably looking at the screen like, don't make any noise, kid. I want to see where this goes. This is like a fetish thing. Yeah, yeah. And it almost, listen, it almost feels like it later on, because fast forward to the not-so-immediate future, and we've got the same kid all grown up who cut himself, but now he's, like, in his... What forties probably? Probably. Mm-hmm. And he's playing. Yeah, he's playing Santa dress up in his apartment, uh, being a totally normal guy. Oh, except for the, <laughs> except for the long distance peeping in on the kids in the building across the way. You know, super normal neighbor shit. Yeah, yeah but I mean, he's not watching the intimate the intimate acts here though. No, he's like watching one kid take out the trash. Well, okay, one kid needs some extra supervision. Because, you know, he's cutting out the centerfolds from the penthouse magazine. Like, I don't know who this kid's parents are, but, like, somebody needs to tell him, get on to him, to, to leave those things intact so the next guy can look at him. 
Some wrongless guy, Bill. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. What was the first <laughs> thing you did when you saw this scene, James? I text you. <laughs> Which scene? The one with the parents or the one the with peeping. him cutting himself? The, oh, the, the peeping. Pe- oh, okay. What did you say, James? I texted you and said, this guy's took a bill out of... This guy's took a playbook out of Bill's playbook. <laughs> this guy's I don't took think a so. <laughs> <clears throat> James, you need to go back and make some more cookies. This is probably the most perverted movie I've ever saw in my life. It looked like it was... I, James, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is not... Knowing... Okay, that was probably your initial thought. Is that what you're saying? It was going pretty hard. Going down pretty hard, Bill. is the most perversive movie I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. You don't see a lot of movies in. No. You you've been watching PBS all your life or something. <laughs> this movie was seized and confiscated in the UK under section three of the Obscene Publications Act. I believe it. <laughs> For what? Why do you there's not there's not even like killing people? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you fucking Christmas carolers, get it out. Why'd he rub his face with that dirt? Because he wanted to. You don't question him. That was the most perverted part of the movie to you, James? The dirt? Yeah, come on. Because it's an allegory for doing butt stuff. So yeah. he wants to be dirty, so he he did that. Listen. Uh, he's dirty enough, Bill. <laughs> and then that little kid tried to find him. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom stopped the shit out of him. <laughs> so listen, guys. Right, I, <laughs> I've worked a lot of jobs in my life. Uh, but never one where somebody can just come up and take my bologna sandwich out of my hand and take bites out of it. Yeah, what the hell was with that dude? I was like, okay. Like, look, Rick, if you're if you're struggling, man, I'll cut off a corner of it. I'll make you a sandwich with, like, the heel part of the loaf of bread. I'm not giving you my good pieces. but And that dude was like, I don't like Christmas. Christmas sucks. Blah, blah, blah. And oh, like, that's the wrong the thing to say. That's the wrong thing to say to Harry fucking Belafani or whatever his last name is here. It is not Belafonte. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was. So his name is Harry, though. That's the guy's yes. name. He's the kid. He's the kid from the cold open, uh, and he runs a toy factory. Uh, it's the holidays, you know. So uh, you know he's not really digging the lack of pride and effort his team's putting into the toy construction. So the dichotomy of Harry. He takes Christmas personally. He wants Harry. kids to. G- Yeah, very personally. He wants kids to get a quality gift for the holidays, but he's also a miserable fuck. Like, miserable in his job type of guy. Um, Maybe because his give-a-damn is unmatched. Like, that's draining. You know, when you put in all that effort and no one around you does, I I might go on a murder spree, too. And let me tell y'all, this soundtrack, the music on this was all over the fucking place. It was a lot. Yeah, Yeah, the music made me sick. (laughs) So the music made you sick. The, the the peeping on little kids made you sick, even though he was doing it to see if they were naughty or nice. Bill, who keeps a who keeps a journal of naughty and nice kids in their damn bedroom? Santa Claus does. I was gonna say, uh, who are you in to question bedroom? Santa's methods? Well, where yeah. else does it go? It's got to the... lay in bed with Mrs. Claus getting getting that Yuletide handy before Would bed. You not put it... No, would you not put it in the toy factory where you're about to ship the toys as like a last-ditch effort to double-check and make sure they are getting them? No, because the motherfucker's got to know. Yeah, he's got to know. He knows he'll get in trouble for keeping that list. He's in charge. 
Well, he's, there are people in charge of him, though. And if they Ooh. find out his methods, well, he, he's not like the owner of the company. Like, he just oh. made it into middle management. Oh, I thought, okay, hold on now. I was talking about Santa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Santa doesn't own the fucking toy factory? Well, you were like, people are in charge of him. I was like, who? <laughs> we can go back. I'm sorry I started an argument. <laughs> What are we arguing about? About who owns the, the 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 toy factory, but of course Casey thought we were talking about Santa not owning his toy factory. <laughs> I, I was thinking that, yeah. He China most certainly toy factory. China. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I well, he they probably own Harry's toy factory. But okay, listen. So Harry finds the sandwich guy and all the boys from, from work at a bar. So he eavesdrops a little bit. Presumably a principle he learned from Santa himself. Uh, and he <clears> overhears, <throat> I've got that schmuck Harry working for me. And that's what mm-hmm. sets the wheels in motion. Mm-hmm. This pervert's always papering windows. <laughs> he does have his methods. But you're going to see, like, these methods are pretty sound later on, James. So, Rick, tell me something. What do you think of Harry's sudden change of mood after hearing the, I guess, the conversation in the bar. I mean, it's like, it, man, it's like a he flips a switch. And he's just like, I'm just going to go into psycho mode. And that's pretty much what he goes into. But he kind of goes into mode. it. And, and he kind of goes into it in in stages almost. I mean, I, I found a common theme. Anytime some shit's about to go down, he starts either humming or singing or whistling. Yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to listen you know, for that song throughout the movie, almost like when, you know, watching Jeepers Creepers and hearing the Jeepers Creepers song on the radio or, um, you know, in the office of the one lady, just to see if I could find signals of, you know, when things are about to, you know, go south. So, uh, like, Casey, do you, where do you feel like Harry's coming from here? Is this is a good place that he's coming from with, uh, you know, his his need to preserve the Christmas spirit? I think he's super out of line and it's very weird. Yeah, I do. Definitely not what I thought you'd say. Why? No, it's definitely because what I'm I thought so you'd say. Because I'm notoriously purporting the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, didn't we have somebody in the office who would, like, in springtime, wear this outfit that was, like, this, like, it was, like, crushed velvet, but it was, it was like a Santa Claus outfit. Well, we might have to I'm talk about this off air. Desperately trying to think of who you're talking. About. Yeah, I can't yeah, think of. Uh, do yeah, you know their um, name? I absolutely do. Say it and bleep it afterwards. I can't bleep it. I don't know how to do that. Um, go cough over it. What does it um, start with? Yeah, uh, initials. Oh fuck it! Nobody's listening. Carol Sue. <laughs> oh my god! I know exactly what you're talking. About. I don't know who the, who the hell is that. <laughs> She's not there anymore. Is. She was. Uh, yeah, not there anymore. She was, uh, what do you call that line of work? Those, that group. Clerical. Clerical? Yeah, clerical. They became something else later, though. They renamed them from clericals to something else. Yeah, so James, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to leave you out of this part, James. Uh, You don't know this lady. She was was a sweet lady. She did wear a Santa Claus outfit all the time, She definitely wore a Santa Claus, and it was like crushed velvet, and it was like poofy in certain places. And like, you couldn't mistake it. It was like, you add a hat and it's an elf, <laughs> you know, it, it's a red elf suit. But she wore it year round. 
Bushy wart year round. I thought oh, yeah, about, that's, about that's some naked pictures. No, no, we are no, certainly we, not. We don't pass those around the office. We just show them off our phones. So, JB. Okay. You <laughs> saw this film before I did. When Harry was peeping at the kids, you immediately texted me, like you said, and asked what on earth Rick has us watching. Uh, and when you gave me the rundown, I thought some fuckery was afoot too. I didn't realize to what extent. But, <laughs> but when Harry, <laughs> so when Harry is checking these kids out, what's he really doing? Now that we know it's not perverse, what's he really doing? Being he's watching to He's watching to see if they're naughty or nice, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he thinks anyway. Yeah. That, that's well, I mean, that's what he is doing, whether it's productive or not. I the jury's out, I'm sure. It's icky, very icky. And, um, well, is it icky though? Because, like, yeah. when I think of icky, I think of perversion. He's not doing it for that purpose. It is a it is an overstep of boundaries. It is icky to watch kids from a distance through their windows. Yep, even if it's not for sexual reasons, that is still icky. I think we have a different definition of icky. I'm going to start think, watching you through your windows and your children. Well, well, if it's if it's for sexual purposes, you're being icky. If it's, if it's not, not for sexual purposes, you're totally fine with me watching you and your kids' lives. It, so not, so those are the I only mean, extremes is like totally fine or icky? Yeah. There, there's, there, there's no yeah. in between there or just a there different no, word? There is absolutely no looking through someone's windows without them knowing that isn't icky. That is icky. I'm pretty sure he you can thinks... just look through someone's window if you want to. I'm pretty sure it's not illegal. It is illegal. I... It's it's absolutely illegal. Is but okay. So we're talking about a guy who's playing Santa Claus here, and not like the sexy version that James was playing earlier with the Christmas cookies. <laughs> and so again, over the line, totally unwelcome. But I don't know about icky. I think of icky as like the the wrong type of thing here that uh. It's, to me, should. it's just weird. I mean, I agree. Billy, it's, it's very weird. weird. It's, it's very icky. fucking weird. It's weird. It's very it fucking weird. It doesn't ache you out to think about someone looking at your kids through a window. That doesn't well, like ache you out a little bit. Well, but what I am thinking, he is not guilty of what's in my thoughts. He's guilty of what he's actually doing, if that makes sense. But you know what? I should have picked up on what he was doing when he stormed away. Once he saw the kid with the hustler mag. Like, wasn't there, like, some kind of sound effect that we hear throughout the movie when when he's about to go off? There's, like, some kind of sound effect that happens. Yeah. Almost like a doom or something like that. The music I is thought, very, like, exposit. What is it? Um, Like, exposition. The music super, super, super followed what happened as opposed to just, like, a generalized score. Yeah, it's you know almost I mean? like watching an old slapstick comedy and somebody flicks your nose, you hear that boing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like that. But, you know, again, it, it feels like um, he's not just in it to punish the kids who've been naughty. He seems to hold a true standard for naughty and nice to the point where he's holding grudges against the very company he works for, uh, the one that he doesn't own, at least the executive levels. Like, and this is an interesting dynamic to me. The relationship between Harry and those who've been naughty and the, and Harry and those who've been nice. He's really starting to spiral and he plays the role so well. Like, he doesn't seem hokey or corny. Um, I do really think, even though this movie is very low budget, very, I don't want to say campy, but 
the movie itself is is quite hokey, but his performance, I think this is a strong performance from Brandon Maggart. Do the hokey pokey. Thank you for that, James. Mm-hmm. Said, I'm attempting something I haven't done in a while. <laughs> is I watching one of the movies for the podcast? Watch a movie for this pod. I'm already sick. <sighs> Glad you found those text messages, James. Have you seen this? Bill, I've never seen Christmas Evil. This guy's watching kids through binoculars. <laughs> and he's got a book of which one's naughty or nice. I said, so this is a pedo thing, Bill. I said, no, you're just harmless. This guy's a real sicko. On the next episode, like the we're going to air out our Thanksgiving he, conversation. He's a kid, sees Santa. His brother says that was dad. And now he's like, no. So he sneaks back down and, and old Sandy got some... <laughs> Got mom's naughty up, getting on them giblets. <laughs> Cut to a let really it be known, awkward wake up. <laughs> let it be known, this is James's commentary, not my commentary. Cut to a really awkward wake up montage. Oh yeah, he was up in in there, freaked out the kid. <laughs> now he's forty, checking out all the kids' room and sees Sanchez cutting out a pinup in a hustler. Doesn't sit well with me, Bill. <clears throat> the only tits I've seen, I had to share with a ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the outtake from the text thread. The only tits the I saw, I had to share with a ten-year-old. Somebody's got an organ and some sirens. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, same complaint that Rick had about the music. Um. <laughs> but there's a there's a scene later on and we'll get there um well let me back up once he finds out that the company's more worried about its bottom line than the kids harry starts to take matters into his own hands like he, he's making a real transformation toward becoming santa now i must have missed something though like he's tugging on that white beard and it's not coming off did he, he just use to his face Okay, so he used Gorilla Glue. He He's not, like, becoming Santa. Yeah, and they start yeah, he starts laughing maniacally in the mirror while he tugs on it for, like, five minutes. Yeah, he used some kind of, like, super glue situation. See, I missed that. I must have blinked. But back to that scene later on, um, it's like he wills the snow to fall by belting out some Merry Christmases and doing a Santa laugh. So I think there's something to this connection to Christmas for Harry. Like, I may be full of shit, but there's something there. Do you guys know the scene I'm talking about? Outside the hospital with a truckload or the van load of gifts. Oh, yeah, yeah, are out the there. cop at the door and the cop's like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, well, isn't this yeah. in like New York and New Jersey or something? It's not weird that it would be snowing. That's fair. Uh, and it is New York. I'm pretty sure. Um, but it just so happened to be that it started at the same time he starts, you know, yelling out, you know, Merry Christmas. And I, I don't know. It was, uh, it felt like the scene was there for a reason. Mm. Again, I'm full of shit. You, but, you know, well, well, you know, even with the dark vibes and the obvious downward spiral of Harry so far, he's only doing good things. Um, you know, he, he's got gifts for kids at the hospital. He's performing a little B and E. Uh, you know, to to leave some gifts for the neighborhood kids who've been good. So really, things are great right now. Um, I might have missed a small detail though when he flashed a knife in one of the kids' houses. Like, what was that he knife was all just, about? He's just cutting presents or something. Cutting in the half? cutting those. No, he's cutting the strings on the presents to unwrap them or something. 
That was a huge <clears throat> knife to do that. Well, Billy's an idiot. <laughs> okay. Damn, never dis- how you really feel. I forgot to discount that part. Um, okay, can't, well, I mean, after... Can't let that after, get past you. <laughs> no, let it be very clear that this guy is a fucking idiot. But, you know, after He's delivering the gifts... unwell. He, okay, yes. That is, some, you know, a serious part of that. He is unwell. He's been scarred for life. Um, but, you know, after delivering gifts to the good boys and girls, we get the opposite but not very equal reaction. And I, I think this takes place outside of a church. Um, and I couldn't tell if these were, like, some of the people from his company or if they were just randoms who were giving him shit for being Santa. Um, but he's got some gifts for them, too. Now, one guy catches a sharp toy to the eyeball. I hated that. Yeah, this was an astonishingly gruesome shot. Um, You know, the others, you know, get their toupees split by a tiny axe. Um, But but this is where the snap becomes real. It's no longer just a maybe. He is officially a Christmas murderer. He is, yeah. Rick, next time I see you, I'm going to put an axe into your forehead like that. But it's going to be a little tiny one, so you'll barely feel it. how can an axe that small deliver that much damage? I was like, what the fuck? I mean, he's really sharp. Really sharp. He, he's been what sitting in his... Was our last? Well, he... No, he's been... He just wrapped up the, the, the handle to look like a candy cane. That's all it was. I'm full of shit. I don't know what he did there. But, I mean, it did look a real... Okay, if you've ever seen the movie The, uh, the Puppet Master, it almost looks yeah. like something one of those little puppets would have held... To, to kill somebody. The axe was that small. And it almost looked like a wood chopping axe. Like a toy wood chopping axe for a small, like, American girl doll or something. It was a damn hatchet. It wasn't a full... It wasn't a hatchet. A hatchet blades are bigger than that. He had a little hatchet Bailey come out with. I think Billy it was Wikipedia an axe. calls it a hatchet. I think they're wrong. Okay. Fine, it's a hatchet. But he's only doing this because Santa got after his mom's hatchet wound down there and... Here's the thing, though. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. It's a little so... tree, little Christmas tree chopping axe. I'll buy that. Casey? He didn't see anything particularly heinous between his parents, did he? Like, he didn't see much more than what we saw. Well, yeah, what we... So. Yeah, what hey, we yeah. saw... <laughs> Come up for air, James. You sound like you're underwater. <laughs> Turkey, turkey and transfer. <laughs> well, you know, though, what about when Harry gets pulled into the Christmas party? And they kind of tease, like, they kind of tease him, like he's about to come unglued, you know, on, on all the dancing adults. But then he backs off at the moment. Like, you can kind of see like he's reaching for something, like another little tiny hatchet. I do think that this movie is the first that we've covered that has a dance scene. Just a damn minute. There was dancing. Carrie is dancing. Carrie, you're right. But Golly. dancing is very different, though. I think he liked them people. Because them people like any clothes. Um, is that true, though? Because, I mean, honestly, um, he goes in and it looks like he was about to fucking go to town on them. Until they started liking him. I thought he had fun at the end. I thought it was the kids coming out of the, the 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 back or wherever the hell they were that that stopped him from doing that oh i thought he started having fun well yeah once the kids got there um oh, yeah yeah becoming I mean, the, the outran this herd of children to see him as santa um but the fact that he's dancing with everyone in the next scene to me that spells out volatility within harry's mind i didn't think that far into it but i see that that makes sense 
I figured he's it, just a nutcase, Bill. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it could it could be that, but I mean, like within a lot of quote nutcases comes some volatility. Any little thing can trigger you, um, and, and that's really one of the tougher pieces of mental health. It, it's it's not the, the the slow fall; it's the immediate drop. You know, um, I, I feel like one moment he's ready to kill, the next moment he's you know ready to gift a child you know some you know package in his bag there. Um, I feel but a lot of times. Well, <laughs> he he's doling out gifts for the nice and death to the naughty. Uh, and it's not really done in batches. Uh, it, it's first in, first out, like as it's encountered. Uh, I guess the right word to use. Uh, Sorry, Rick. Player, playboy brother, his old asshole brother. He's got a hot chick. Yeah, they call and ask him if he wants to come to Christmas. And doesn't he have like a a fantasy of sleeping with his brother's wife or something? <clears throat> Did I miss that? Was that something I seen? No, that's probably your fantasy. I didn't really think that. Y'all didn't see that part? Well, I, I, I might have missed it. How? Can, why don't we talk about the part where uh, that, that lady, the lady's going to Mahjong and she slaps the shit out of her kid and he gets in the car. <laughs> you love that lady slapping the shit out of her kid. Dude, I was like, <laughs> holy shit. She slaps the absolute dog shit out of that kid. And I feel so bad. That's right after that scene. I think he's having like a a dream or something and then his brother calls him and then you see his wife and you're like oh that's who that was that's starting to come back to me a little bit i think you might be right but he has well, an obsession watch- well of course you did james you you made it very clear that you watched this one as opposed I mean, yeah, to the last month because he's watching the christmas well the thanksgiving parade and his his, his brother's like hey uh you know what's going on he's like oh sorry i'm busy he turns it up like super fucking loud yeah, I do remember that. Well, you know, Harry's got this obsession with Christmas going the way he thinks it should. And I don't think there's really any gray area. Um, But, you know, now that his uh, North Pole is stained with blood, he's got payback on his mind. He's thinking about the guys from the factory now. Um, How the one guy said that uh, that, that schmuck Harry was working for him. Like, I, I think I think they're implying that there was a lie told to get off of work. I don't know if it's ever said explicitly, but I think the sandwich thief is a liar. And all I know is a Harry slash Santa has, has these boys on his naughty list. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, there was a moment when, uh, Harry was on the roof where like, I thought he was having this internal struggle, this internal mental struggle with what he's done. Like now he's no, he knows he's gone too far. Um, he's about to go down the chimney he gets this look on his face as if he's realized that he's done wrong. Um, he's showing the stress in his face. He's pounding his fist against the bricks of the chimney. But then I realized this fucker is just stuck. He's just stuck in the fucking chimney. Having a hard time with it, too. Yeah. I was expecting, like, a, a much deeper scene there. Like, I thought this was where he starts to find, you know, that, that uh, how do I get out of this now thought. But no, he was he was just stuck in the chimney. Who's and who it, that house was the his coworker's house, right? It was, I think it was one of the uh, the execs who were talking about the bottom line of the company and telling that he needs to start thinking on the business side of it. Am well, I wrong? I just didn't know how the hell he found out where the dude lived. Well, I pre I know it's somebody from the company, and just 
you know, using again, the power of deduction. I think it's one of those execs or upper management and that that's his next victim. Uh, you know, when he finds himself in the home of that guy and smothers him partially with the Christmas sack, but finishes the job with a throat slash using the, the Christmas tree topper star. Very cool kill. I think simple, but really cool. Fuck it. Give it four stars, four slashes with one star. Four slashes, one star? Well, he used a star. That's the one what? star. The star that goes at the top of the tree. Isn't that what he used to slash the guy's throat? Oh, I thought you were ranking at four slashes and also one star. I accidentally said four stars at the beginning. So I backed oh. off and said, well, four slashes and one star. And that one star being the weapon. I got you. Thank you. You're welcome. The only star this movie gets for me is the star that's in it. Let's talk about that paint job on his van, though. He drew. He had a pretty good sleigh going on there. Yeah, in more ways than one, right? Yeah. That just screams pervert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, the interesting wrinkle to me is how quickly Harry changes his mentality. Like, he's escaping the house after killing his, his co-worker, but he gets spotted by the little kids. And immediately, there's a smile on his face. Like, he's back in nice kid mode. Um, so... Even in the middle of murder, he can drop back into Santa Claus mode. But he does get interrupted by the very delayed scream from the victim's wife. Like, you have to think it that was, this is going to be his downfall. It was delayed. Like, you could even see her trying to scream and nothing coming out. Almost like that TikTok video I sent the other day. <laughs> that had me dying. There was a TikTok video that I saw. Do you call it a video? I, I, am I dating myself? There for was that? a There's TikTok a, you saw. There was a TikTok program that I saw um, where it's, what do you call those? Um, where you, spl- it's not a splice. It's a, where you show somebody else like in the stitch. first half. A stitch. Thank you, God. Um, it was, it was a stitch where um, the girl at the beginning makes a sound with her mouth that sounds exactly like a train. And the second half of the stitch, which was the user, the account that we were watching, um, she spent the full minute that you get to make a TikTok trying to make that sound. And she kept having to back off of it. And there's really no way to explain it other than you have to see it. But it was very funny. I'll post the TikTok to the Final Girl Casey Instagram and Twitter pages. Thank you so much. You are welcome. That would be great. Well, um, you know, the, uh, the the downfall of Harry, I think, is going to be his inability to, to keep his you know mind going on one track. You know, you distract King Kong with Andero, you distract Harry with a child on Christmas. <clears throat> and according to James, at any time. Yes. Thank you for the confirmation, James. Did you guys see the TV reporter uh, telling the tale of the Christmas slayings? The one with the immaculate mustache? I did, yeah. So first of all, Congratulations to that guy on the mustache. Second, that reporter is actually based on Geraldo Rivera. Really? Yeah. So there was That's a time. Fine. Yeah, there was a time when Geraldo was respected. Um, he wasn't a nationwide <clears throat> known dude at the time. Uh, but dude, I was going to say that exact same thing. I, I noticed that and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, first of all, the mustache itself could. I mean, you could have just had a reporter with no mustache, but. This was specifically, he was an East Coast guy, Geraldo was. Um, typically New York, which is, I think, where he he may not be from there originally. I don't think Geraldo was born out of country. I think he is a first-generation gen, first American. 
but um, he's a New Yorker, I think, and he really made his name by, you know, doing a story on this children's hospital where the kids were basically living uh, in less than reasonable environs and really made his name on that. And when I say less than reasonable, like it was bad. Um, it was overfilled, understaffed. They were taking care of children who were, per New York Governor Thomas Dewey, mentally and physically defective and feeble-minded who never can become members of society. A sad statement in itself. Yeah, it's called Willowbrook was the uh, Willowbrook dude. If you see the documentary, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's horrible what they put those people through. It's yeah, just, the, the negligence. They, they had outbra- outbreaks of hepatitis, measles, and like this hospital was legally labeled a school. Um, but they were, you know, only really holding school, quote unquote, for a small percentage of the kids who were cooperative. And in theory, in theory, that's fair. Um, you can't do something with kids who are, you know, not cooperating, but those who weren't really cooperating, they weren't taken care of. They were left naked, unclean, all kinds of abuse was rampant, but basically Geraldo and another writer were given a key to this hospital slash school by a former employee, obviously disgruntled and Geraldo snuck in and exposed the whole operation. Oh, so it's, yeah. So it's easy to jump on guys like Geraldo, but once upon a time, um, you know, they had something in them. People like Geraldo that, that made them great at what they did. And, you know, politics ruins everybody. You, you, you see it on TV all the time, but if you want to learn, you know, more about it, like Rick said, there are a ton of documentaries to check out. Just do a Willowbrook Google search and you'll have it. Yeah. He's a good guy. But you know what? Like that happens with a lot of those guys. I mean, it, it happened. Fuck. You see how out of whack Alex Jones is. Well, the worst thing that happened to him was one of his conspiracy theories was actually true. So now everything after that had to be true. If it was a conspiracy, it just had to in his mind. And and, and that really ruins people. So Geraldo is just another one of those guys who at one time was fucking great at what he did. And, you know, props to him for uncovering that. But, yeah, th- this whole thing um, was based on C theories, Bill. Oh God, what do you got for me, James? Bigfoot is real. Is that a conspiracy theory or a fact? It sounds That's cold and hard to me. That's a fact, Bill. Mm. So, Rick, you're still refusing to uh, to watch The Walking Dead, right? I'm not going to refuse to watch it, but I mean, I don't know if I would be interested, honestly. Well, well, I don't okay, Paul. Uh, Mute, mute your uh, mic and go watch it right now. We'll stay on. Mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think I'm good because I think it sounds like it a refusal for, to me, Rick. I think they that sounds it out that sounds like, like a refusal. Seasons and there's like two spinoffs. How many seasons on. are there? There's like a nine. lot. And there's two spinoff series. Seinfeld See? ran for as long. Did you listen to that podcast, Bill? What that podcast I sent you this week? You sent me a podcast this week. What did you send me? You said what? What are you trying to get me into? What were you trying to get me into? Why, why don't I remember this? Something like Critical Role or something. Oh, critical I didn't. Role. Oh, Critical Role like Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, but my, uh, <laughs> I think my, my good friend uh, Allison Klimp has, uh, is regularly, reg, reg, occasionally on I'm, a podcast who, uh, yeah, I'm name dropping. I'm name dropping James. Um, has, she has a podcast where uh, they do something with Dungeons and Dragons. I think I'll have to well, di- I'll have to dig that up. Voice actors like 
going through like and playing the game. So I'm in there like acting out like what's going on. Okay. I may have to look at that. Dungeons and Dragons is fun. Et tu, Casey? Is there something wrong with playing Dungeons and Dragons? Not that I'm going to put on air. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I grew up playing Magic and Pokemon, so I can't say anything. (laughs) Hit him Uh, with it, James. Going. (laughs) That's not bragging. Magic. I grew up playing Magic and Pokemon. How's that bragging? I like Magic. Don't hate. Don't y'all don't hate what you don't know. Okay. Billy's hating on Dungeons and Dragons. I I hate on it. James, did did I did I send you a a TikTok with uh, that guide? uh, misnaming all the uh, the Pokemon. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. I think I think I did. Um, maybe I just thought about it. But when it gets to the the is it uh what's the the name of the bee that like stands on two legs? Bulbasaur. And, yeah, it, it gets the Bulbasaur, and he says everybody knows Big Dick Bee. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. So anyway, guys. <laughs> Rick's still refusing to watch the, the Walking Dead, and we talked about you know the oh, actor. God damn it, James! God, is there a robot on the call? Damn! <sighs> Take two, my fire, Salamander. Man, James, so that, the, that new microphone's working really good for you. So, sounds right over here to me. <laughs> well, that's you talking two. into it. Testies one, two, three. <laughs> so the actor who plays, I think, Harry's brother, Philip. So who wants to play Dungeons and Dragons after this? Nobody. He, like Rick said, he was one of the favorite, one of my favorite characters on the early seasons of The Walking Dead. He played a guy named Dale, who was kind of the voice of reason when there was dissent or disagreement within the survivors. Um, but Rick, if you only check out the first maybe four seasons, I think you'll like. It. I really do. Who's Dale? Is that Harold Reedus? Whatever his name is. Harold Reedus. No, that is no, that is Daryl, and that is Norman Reedus. Whatever, <laughs> Harry Anus. <laughs> he said Harold Ramis, who is Egon from <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> I got the universes confused. Fucking <laughs> mm. So Rick, I really do think. So I really do so think Billy, that, that show got. What you're saying is, oh god, after the yes. fourth season, it just sucks and goes to shit. Is what I'm. No, hearing. I, I yeah. think. You will like at least that. I like most of it. Harry Anus, the season's over with. <laughs> Once they run up on Harry Anus, it's it's over. I'll stick to my forensic files. Yeah, that's better. But I really do think that the show got too popular before you saw it, and like it happened before you got to watch it, so you refused from that point on. No, here's no here's my reasoning, and it's really short and sweet. Oh, Reason why I don't like, like The Walking Dead, and why I. I think it's overblown and people are like, oh, it's so good. You need to watch it. You're a horror fan. How come you don't watch it is I've been to conventions where people have been there for the walking dead guests and they say, oh, who is uh, Daniel Harris? Who's Tom Atkins? Oh, do you know the guy who plays Nightmare on Elm Street? I can't remember his name. Rick's a snob. Pass it on. I'm like, who are these people? Now now it makes sense. Who the hell these people are? It's just, it, it just, I don't know. Rick's nerd ass can't handle people having fun. So Rick needs you to also know as much as he knows about mm. everything. Horror I'm sorry, related. if you don't know who Dee Wallace is, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. I said it on Did the you podcast. you say D's balls? D Wallace. 
Who the hell is D. Wallace? See the guy that jumped out. Dumbass. How do you not know who that is? Is he the guy out of the plane with all that money? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, come on. I've never watched The Walking Dead. I'm not opposed to watching The Walking Dead. Opposed to? I've just never gotten around to it, but I think people have fun. And I will say, I welcome to Bragging Camp, but I went to Halloween Horror <laughs> Night um, in 2015, and one of the haunted houses they had there was Walking Dead, and it was really cool. Deanna Wallace, also known as D. Wallace Stone, is an American actress. The girl that was in E.T.? Yeah, E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to she was definitely the fuck. She's in the Howling. She's in Frighteners. <laughs> she is kind of horror Cujo. royalty. Is D. Walls a scream queen? She is also known for starring roles in several horror films: The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, Cujo, and Critters. Oh, I like Critters. <laughs> I like yeah, Critters. In your bed. <laughs> so, Critters is a good um, movie. Okay, we must digress. Um. A very tense scene unfolds when Harry slash Santa is making his stroll through the town looking for the next home for his present delivery. He's rushed by a group of children, followed by their parents who allow the interaction to continue. But one father is, I guess, circumspect of Santa's every move. So Harry's giving out gifts to the kids just to have a knife pulled by the vigilant father. But because they're so innocent, the kids form a wall between the parents and Harry. So when that little girl picked up the switchblade, who else besides me saw her jabbing that thing in her dad's neck to save Santa? Um, me. I did. Yeah, I thought she was Thank going goodness. to. I thought dad was done for. I guess James I... didn't think it was going to happen. He knew better. Who's that guy that we talked to that uh, done that one movie, Coherence? James Burkett. Jim Burkett. Jim Burkett. Oh, Jim. I seen something on 60 Minutes today that was pretty crazy. Was it about him? No. Oh. They built a telescope that they're going to shoot up in the air on the 22nd of December. And it's supposed to be able to see all the way back to the original Big Bang. So it can literally see into the past. So not only is it a telescope, it's also a time machine. No, they're saying that light is time. So it can see, like, you know how it takes so long for the sun's rays to get here. And like, we're seeing like, you know, eight minutes, you know, we're seeing like the sun rays like eight minutes ago. Just like the stars, like, you know, they're not. Like the speed of, mm-hmm. the speed of sight? The speed of... We're saying not right now. We're saying like a long time ago. <clears throat> and we're look. just now processing it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, Bill. Anyway, this telescope's going up. And you can see an infrared. So it's going to look into the past. All the way... They say it can see the Big Bang. Like, it can look that far away. What if something hits it on its way up and it just flips backwards and all it sees is us, you scratching your ass on your couch it in infrared? That's it's gonna it. suck because it costs like ten billion to build. We ain't got infrared. We can't see an infrared anyway. Only the predator can. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, true. excuse me, uh, Superman can. The predator. Superman's not real. You don't know he's not real. How do you know that? But they say that there's a 
solar system 40 light years away that has three planets in the what they call uh, Goldilocks. Stephen Hawking is on the call, you guys. Which is not too hot or not too cold. It's just right. Neil deGrasse Tyson's on the call, everybody. Uh, could be uh, live stuff, and they'll be able to see that with that telescope. So it could be an eye-opening adventure, Bill. And that's the report from NASA. You've got me invested. I've seen it on 60 Minutes, so it's got to be real. Yeah, you, you don't have me invested. While I was baking them cookies. Who watches 60 Minutes still? I'm Scott Pelley. <laughs> it's got that gay dude from uh, Channel One on it. What's his name? Anderson fucking Cooper, man. The baddest man on the planet. Yeah, he's on he's on 60 Minutes. Lawyer he's Vanderbilt's the, grandson. He's loaded. Yeah, the only... The only one on that show I trust for anything. Alice is Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, Alice Cooper. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he sing like songs or something. He does sing songs. He does sing amazing songs. Yeah. So he comes off tour singing uh, "Feed My Frankenstein" and <laughs> does sixty minutes with Scott Peller. And he lives right next to Baker Mayfield, and they get their packages switched up all the time. I didn't even know that Baker Mayfield liked men. I wish I'd get my package switched up. He, just, he has to take Alice Cooper's packages to him. <laughs> God, we're still on Alice Cooper. Uh, just for the sake of your own clarity, I don't. I don't want you going to work tomorrow. I didn't hear any of that. I don't want you going to work tomorrow talking about Alice Cooper on sixty Minutes. So I'll go ahead and just clarify it. It is Anderson Cooper. It was weird how they talked about like light and how like different it is now, like what they're saying about you know the shit. Yeah, the time and okay, they're actually saying they don't even know what they're talking about now. So I guess we're all gonna have to collectively come together and uh, watch this event. Yeah, they know dark matter exists. It is a building block, but they don't know that it. It's the only reasonable explanation that they have. Is dark is what they call dark matter, but they don't even know what it is. That makes so sense. To, it, it makes all kinds of sense. So to encapsulate what you're talking about and where we can direct listeners to look more into this, you said you saw this on an episode of 60 Minutes. Tonight's episode of 60 Minutes. Tonight, 12 12 2021 mm-hmm. episode of 60 Minutes. Check that out. Yep. We're gonna come. Yeah, we're gonna come back to that and talk about it. You can actually probably just go to NASA.gov, I think. Also has some stuff about some Afghani women trying to get some teaching going on from the UN. So. Because the Taliban. I think Afghanis are articles of clothing. Yeah, it'd be Afghan. No. No, Afghan is a. I don't think that's it either. Afghanis are people too, Bill. I have definitely. Afghanistan is probably a safe bet here, right? Yeah, because you can't say, hey, I'm wearing a uh, women of Afghanistan tomorrow to the ball. So, yeah, let, let's let's say that. It's so, Afghans. People are citizens of Afghanistan. Yes, they are Afghan. Afghanis. What is, what, <laughs> so. I don't know, Bill. It's just interesting about this fucking telescope. <laughs> it's going, and then they made... It's actually going to orbit the fucking sun, and they made this shield on the bottom out of it look like out of uh, pop tart wrappers, <clears throat> like a big pop tart. Well, yeah, that's the only thing that's really safe from the toaster is the uh, the 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 wrapper. So just make a giant pop tart wrapper, and it'll be safe from the sun. I'm pretty sure they said December 22nd is when they're shooting this rocket up. 
but they're they're shooting that rocket up, and then this thing's got to expand out of this rocket, and it's got 168 different pins that's got to be pulled for this thing to work. And the guy they were interviewing said, well, if something goes wrong, we've got the ability to shake it around <laughs> and get it loose. They paid like $10 billion for this thing. and oh, only What th- a gamble that is. Only thing to do is shake it around if it don't come out right. <laughs> you know, like how you get the last of the Pringles out of the can? You can't get, get your hand down in there? You got That's what they can do to this fucking $10 billion satellite to get it to come out to open up. Did you know that, um, well, never mind. I don't have anything to add to that. James, this has been very informative. My hand can't fit in a Pringles can, but yours probably can. Mine can. Mine can. You don't know the, you don't know the, the shaking technique to get them Pringles to slide out just right. Well, hell, Rick's tongue could dig one out. Bottom of the can, last chip. He'll do it. I mean, I can't touch my tongue to my nose, so yeah. He's like Gene Simmons. Not the exercise guy, James. The guy from Kiss. <laughs> is that the same guy? It's Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that's the same guy. Oh, Richard Simmons. <laughs> so back to this film, guys. Um, the little girl didn't end up stabbing her dad in the neck. Thank goodness. Um, so Santa escapes. Harry escapes. And somehow this group of parents, along with the tenants of the apartment buildings, they form a mob. Torches and everything. I don't know where the fuck these torches came from. And they are on Santa's ass. There's a moment when Harry slips and falls while escaping. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. That's Sally. Oh my God. Fell on his ass. Hmm. Just what we need. Another segue. (laughs) So I'm glad you all, I'm glad you all caught that fall because apparently that fall was real and it was just left in. Oh, I always do stuff like that. Yeah, that that was that was a fun little tidbit that I read, and it, and it, I actually knew that before I saw the fall, so I was waiting for it to happen just so I could look at his reaction. All right, so question: mm-hmm. what what accent or voice do y'all have? If you have an Android or Siri, what accent or voice do you have their voice in? Mine is a British lady. I don't never use that option. He knows everything already. Oh, <laughs> I want to know y'all's answer. Mine's my Google is a British lady. Mine's just the voice that comes with, I guess. Um, okay. Well, how about this? Let me see if, uh, if you say you're going to set other people's off too. Well, I don't know how to use that. Hey Google, tell me a Chuck Norris joke. How does that work? Doesn't yet. (laughs) I got to do it again. What do you do? Hey Google, tell me a Chuck Norris fact. I mean, I don't say, hey, Google, I just say... Chuck Norris facts are satirical factoids about American oh, martial fuck. artist and actor Chuck Norris. Well, that I know she didn't tell me anything. Well, all I can tell you is I've got an American accent. How the fuck did we get to this? What's the tallest building? Yeah, a telescope Listen. is an optical instrument using lenses, curved mirrors, or a cockpit, <laughs> both to observe... You don't have distance. a British lady, that's American. That's the that one was yours. By their emission, absorption, or reflection of electromagnetic radiation... I don't know who she is. Okay, well, that's good. I, I do a British lady, damn it. I'm trying to make it work. I just well, okay. On an ass God something. damn it. What time is it? Two it's time. fucking... Time is 10.01 p.m. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus jumped up Christ. That's because Rick's rich. <laughs> British lady. I'm a nerd. I go into the settings and change shit all the time. Okay, so the movie... Mm-hmm. Bill, I've got something to say about <laughs> no. you. No. You remember... You remember the uh, Tasty Snack tidbits? Not at all. Cheese it, but it was longer. Not at all. Almost like a tic tac. Remember that? 
Yeah, because I got a pretty funny story about tidbits. It no, seems I like I do remember bed. that name. I think, man, you might have been on the phone with hey, the... She says to go to bed soon. Who's going to bed? I'd love to. You can tell All me right. your tidbit story off the air, James. Nobody gets to know about my tidbit story. So, Harry winds up at his brother's house. He's bloody, all disheveled. He blames his brother for his loss of innocence. Like, telling Harry that it was indeed his father who was Santa that night is what planted this obsessive seed with Harry. I guess he was cool with mom banging someone other than his dad as long as it was Santa. Um, pretty good gig if you ask me. I mean, you can't tell me the real Santa going into all these houses and dipping his cup into the company eggnog from time to time. But Harry and his brother, I think his name's Billy, of all things, um, they think they have this physical altercation, which Billy gets the better of at first. But after Billy throws Harry into his van, Harry wakes up, puts that five knuckle shuffle on Billy and speeds away. His name is Philip. Is it Philip? I thought, I thought there was a Billy in there. His name is Philip. Fuck. Oh, well, Casey, talk us through this ending. I'm too mad. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up and basically tells Philip that he is like William Inus. The cause of his childhood trauma, um, because <laughs> Phil ended up telling Harry that the Santa they saw was their dad, which wouldn't you think that though? I don't know. Um, Philip then kind of takes a moment to, to the realize that Harry is the Santa from the news and chokes him out, not to death, but out. Just out. Uh, puts him puts him in the van where you know when you choke someone out, they do regain their uh. Conscious. Consciousness, yes. And he punches Phil and drives off. And then the mob that's been chasing him kind of makes him do a Thelma and Louise thing. He doesn't fucking drive off. He fucking goes <laughs> in the sky with his van. And I was into like, into the sky. He begins by driving into the sky, does he not? How do you drive into the sky? Like in Greece. <laughs> so... I wanted to know everybody's take on on this ending before I spill mine. Well, Casey I fell asleep and I did not see the ending. So. It, it had yeah. me fucked well, up. I was like, what the hell is this shit? He's flying off into the sky like fucking Rudolph. I, I seriously started laughing. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. Casey, all you. Um, I think he killed himself, right? What? It It, it has to be. And... That's my thought as well, because they're wanting it to look like he drove through this, uh, I don't know if it was a gate, a fence, uh, whatever it was, and that he just goes off into, you know, into the sky, a la Santa Claus. But we know how the real world works. Only Santa can actually fly like that, and it's not using a van. I think in his mind, we're seeing him fly off like he wants to. But in actuality, he... He gave himself his own little Thelma and Louise, and he's burning at the bottom of the ravine. Bummer. Mm. But we get this beautiful voiceover. So he drove off of something. He drove off of something. But it showed him flying, like, as if, you know, as if he was Santa Claus in this van. Like that sleigh that you saw painted on the side of the van. Casey, that that, that majestic voice at the end. He's no Burl Ives, but... But, well, it'll do. Uh, it'll they do. read The Night Before Christmas. Mm. The night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. He'll run out eventually, guys. Don't worry. When up on the rooftop, there rose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what was the, what was the matter. How do you oh, know shit, this he's, shit? He's Googled it. Fuck. 
I threw up on my straight. No. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my cat would just settle down for a long winter's nap. That was before that. Because I read this every year at that same Christmas party that I told y'all about that Willie Let It came dressed as Santa Claus. You had to I, read the whole thing? That's long. Yes, I read the night before Christmas from age whenever I could read until probably 16 years old. So what happened was um, <laughs> there was a spell There was a spell when James and his dad were homeless, and uh, they had to prove that James could read. So <laughs> he had him read uh, the, the night before Christmas, um, but he really just had it memorized. He couldn't read. It was like that movie Curly Sue where... Uh, <laughs> Where James Belushi taught the little girl to spell this really long word, but she couldn't spell cat. That's what's going on with James here. For like 16 years straight, so I mean, I kind of know it. If I if I really settled down and thought about it, I could probably recite the whole thing. He, he's nothing but uh, an interesting individual, guys. James, what are your final thoughts on Christmas Evil? Well, Bill, oh. it's not as entertaining as my tidbit story, but... I guess it'll have to do because nobody wants to hear about it. Casey, final thoughts? Uh, I wanted to say that looking into this movie when we first started watching it, it is highly praised by John Waters. Uh, John Waters is a fan of this movie, and I'm a fan of him. I thought this movie was fun. Definitely weird, but one that I'll definitely add to the Christmas repertoire. Is that some movie, or I'm a retard? Whoa, we don't say that here. Um, John Waters is a director of a bunch of, like, kind of cult classic-y films, uh, most known probably popularly for Crybaby and the original Hairspray. Mm. Neither one of those right Onwards. You know know Crybaby, Johnny Depp. Rick, Ricardo Montalban, your final thoughts on Christmas Evil? Uh, Going to this not, not ever seeing it, just hearing about it, I thought it was pretty good. It was kind of weird at certain uh, spots, but um, I mean, it was definitely a different take on a slasher for sure. You know, I'm not ready to add this to my Christmas must watch list. However, I do think there's some good qualities in this flick. I had fun watching it. I enjoyed uh, Brandon Maggart's uh, performance in the film. There's not a hammer to be found unless you count, unless you count Phil's, Phil's gal. I don't. Um, and, and maybe the mom at the beginning could have been, but there just wasn't enough time spent. I need to go back and rewatch that scene a couple times. But all in all, man, I'll give this a solid three on a scale from, you know, one to five. It's right in the middle or a five out of ten, whatever you want to call it. It's watchable. And I do think if you're uh, into watching Christmas flicks during Christmas, you got 31 days in December might as well use one to watch it. It beats the hell out of watching 24 hours of Toy Story on TBS. I love Toy Story. Is that a Christmas movie? I, I'm sorry. Did I say Toy Story? I meant a Christmas story. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes way more sense. That's a damn yeah. classic. Yeah, but they show it for 24 hours straight on Christmas Day. I like it, okay? Okay, James. I'm not I'm not here to judge you and the things that you like. Casey? Comes out with that pink bunny outfit on. Casey, do you have uh, any critic reviews before we get J- James's pick for next week? Yeah, uh, so this movie uh, is for a horror movie, you know, we've got a 75%, which is not bad at all. Uh, a positive review is 
There's no question that Christmas Evil is an exploitation film, but it's one of the rare ones that's even more concerned with mood and pathos than nudity or blood, which I thought was cool. Fair. And then a negative review was, I thought it was well done for what it was, but it's just not something that I'll watch again. And that's not even really negative. A lot of, mo- not really. a lot of movies. It's still a yeah, 5 out of 10 just, ranking is what she gave like, it. Hey, so I'm going to watch bad. the movie. Like, I'm glad I watched it. I just won't rewatch it. Maybe it doesn't have rewatch value, but it's a good movie to watch. So, James, the time agree. has come. What are we watching for next week's episode? We'll be watching A Christmas Story. Actually, it's called A Christmas Horror Story 2015. Wait, is this real? It's got old William Shatner in himself. Not Bill Shatner. Next week, I'm going to perfect my William Shatner impersonation, and I will do the whole podcast next week in that. And old George Bruce. Oh, this is a real movie. I didn't realize that Bill Shatner was in anything after 2012. Wait, what is this called again? A Christmas what? Horror story. I'm put a fake movie out there. <laughs> I just thought you were kidding. I thought you were going to say were... a different movie. Yeah, a Christmas <clears throat> horror story starring William Shatner. I'm already sold. James, where can we watch this Oscar winner? <sighs> Probably the same place we watched last week's piece of crap. <laughs> Excuse me. Netflix, I think. I've seen it on Netflix before. Says Amazon Prime video. Well, links will go out to all of you. We'll find it. So there you have it. A Christmas horror story. Um, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Slashers and Screamers. So for the godfather of Droll James, for the Memphis Menace Rick, for Final Girl Casey, I'm Billy Graves. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you again.